Welcome to Band Chat episode number, is this five? Something like that. Um, today we're discussing what got us into music. And groupies. Groupies? <laughs> <laughs> like from the beginning, like what, uh, what would you say got you where you are now? Like growing up, what got you into music? You want to start? Um, sure. So for as long as I can remember... I wanted to be a rock star. Like it's like the going, beginning of a Goodfellas movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh what was it? A career day. Like I would dress up as a rock star and whatnot. And people would laugh at me. They would tell me, you know, you know what the odds are of being a rock star? Why don't you choose a real profession? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> like, and they I'm were gonna right. make it. I'm <laughs> I, I am that percentage. I am gonna be the one that makes it. So. Right. Yeah. Um it's that high hope song that, by Panic at the Disco. Dude, <laughs> that is my anthem. <laughs> um yeah, dude, I started playing guitar in second grade, did the talent show then. Second um, grade, dang old. Started my first band by fourth grade. Um, it wasn't really a band. It was me and a drummer, and we were called Hyper That's System. That's how I know you're lying, because no, nobody can find a drummer, even as adults, <laughs> let alone in second grade. <laughs> yeah. It was my buddy Chris Forsyth, um, and we uh, started a band called Hyper System. And we held auditions that nobody came for. <laughs> that's, that's so and, good. Hyper system. Yeah, dude. I and then that. moving forward, um, I was I started another band in middle school um, called Migraine and another one called 619. And yeah, we were terrible. <laughs> okay, that's kind of a sick band name, though. It was. 619. Yeah, dude. It was spelled S-I-X-19. Like... It, that, that's kind of tight it was a locker number yeah yeah <laughs> i'm telling um, you what i, I got, got that some band names to go over with you guys for sure <laughs> yeah like 619 was it was fun like we, but none of us knew really what we were doing like right i don't know i didn't really get into rock though until um about fourth grade when i started my first band um before then it was just uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like, like in the fourth, in the fourth grade, I got my first period. That's when I started. <laughs> no, but, um, Lincoln park, Lincoln park was a band that, that got me into rock before then. I just thought it was, um, basically what my mom listened to, which was like REM and stuff that Ugh. wasn't, wasn't all that appealing to me. Um, I liked it, but it wasn't, you know, and then been in several bands since then, but that's pretty much what got me started. How about you guys? Uh, Cody, you're up next. Okay. So I start, I started, uh, started my music ventures in probably about sixth grade when I got my first bass. So you, so you started playing bass. That's how you started. Actually, I take that back. So in about third grade, I started playing drums because my grandpa was a... No shit. Yeah, he's a percussion teacher. Interesting. So, uh, nice. so I started out playing drums, but that, that never really progressed into anything because I always wanted to play a stringed instrument. Yeah. Reminded so him of his I got, a, I got my first bass <laughs> from a pawn shop on my birthday in like sixth grade. <laughs> and... uh and I was just, I, I was jamming. My little brother played drums and, uh, 
and my cousin played guitar. So we had a little band for like five years. And then, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really what got me into music. Nice. Dude, what was the name I've, of your I've band? You, you really want to know? I did, yeah. yeah uh, you, you really want to know? Yes. First I'm going to go over all of them. Yeah. So. It, was, it, it was bad. We were in middle school. Obscurum. <laughs> Obscurum. Nice. I immediately thought of a Actually, scrotum for some reason. A scrotum. That's we never, than we never went over this with you. <laughs> what was your first band name? Hypersystem. Oh, Hypersystem. yeah. Never yeah, mind. I'm a moron. <laughs> this is very apparent. It was way... Uh, that's way better than Hypersystem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> we didn't even spell it right. Wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've known you for... Uh, a while now, I would say a couple years, you know, um, and I've, I've seen you do a lot, like you're in two different bands. Um, and now, now you're here with us, dude. I'm, I'm just happy. Thank you. I'm He's happy to honored. be here. Yeah. <laughs> He's honored to have you. Exactly, dude. I've been scouting you, you for a minute. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, I want to play with him. <laughs> Mitch. Let's oh, hear it. What man. you got? Um, <clears throat> So I didn't know this until um, years after getting into music and, and learning how to play specific instruments, but apparently my grandfather was um, a really avid musician, um, and my mom always swears up and down that um, that I inherited his musical abilities because nobody else in my family ever had any. Um, but my like beginning journey was I was living in Oklahoma, um, this was roughly 2003, I would say. Uh, my older sister um, had just moved out and went to college uh, here in Colorado Springs, surprisingly enough, some foreshadowing. Um, and she left her guitar in my closet. And I didn't actually know it until I went in there one day to find something, I don't know, a piece of clothes or something. And I found this old guitar in the closet and I went, oh, you know, like immediately I just felt that like... I don't even know how Connection. to describe it. Hey, yeah, I right just felt feels. that, like, you know, desire to get close to this instrument. Um, and there was, like, at the time, I was listening to a lot of country, and there's this Toby Keith song that sounded really simple, so I decided to try and just plink it out, and I got it. Um, pretty close, I would say. And I showed my mom, um, and then, like, a week later was my, like, 10th, 9th or 10th birthday, and she got me an, an, a, a nicer acoustic guitar and some guitar lessons and it was all over from there um so i played guitar from that moment on i never stopped playing guitar i always had an interest in drums and other instruments but for the first i don't know until i was like 20 years old i played only guitar um was in a ton of bands with a good buddy of mine tom woodruff uh, but the first band i was ever in was with my buddy in oklahoma his name was andrew payne and um that's a sick name. Shout out to Andrew. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew. Shout out. Um, and our, uh, it wasn't even really a band. It was just me and him playing Green Day covers, really. But we called ourselves Caution. And I, I haven't talked to Andrew in years, but I, I always wonder if he remembers that when we were in Caution. Um, so I guess technically that was my <laughs> first like band. Um, but then I was in tons of bands throughout high school. Again, bands with air quotes. Um, throughout high school with uh, one of my best buddies, Tom. And... It was all different stuff. Um, I would say that our worst band name of the like 30 we had was Blood and Black Roses. 
That's not bad. <laughs> it's very circa 2006 it's, emo. Yeah, I mean, it Dude, was 2006 yeah, I, and we were emos, so... <laughs> Dude, I had a very Respect similar band name at one point called oh, Roses of War. Roses of War. Oh, yeah. We had another one, Fatal Sins. <laughs> um, there were so many that Tom and I... That one. That one's worse. I think the, the, the one that we actually practiced the most for, and like we, we had a gig at one point, but the gig got canceled, so we never played it. Um, but the one that we were the most serious about was definitely Blood and Black Roses. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of just the beginning. As as we kind of go, I'll, I'll go more in depth. But no, no, <laughs> I started out on guitar um, and somehow ended up on drums, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> well then, what about you, Rum? Wow, <clears throat> I think my first uh, interest in music came when my mom had a roommate. His name was Tori, and he was a uh, he was a drummer for a local band. And, uh, he brought a guitar home one night and I asked if I could mess with it. And like, this was like years before I actually even picked up guitar is, you know, but, uh, I remember picking it up and I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. And then, uh, I think for my 13th, it was Christmas when I was 13, my parents got me a bass and, uh, I started out on bass and loved it and then at 14 got a guitar and i had a um it was just me and my buddy matt and uh we had a little band and it was named population zero <laughs> nice. it, was, okay. it was a punk band <laughs> I don't know, that, 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 that's your first yeah it was a it was a punk band i think out of all of them yeah all, all of us that's my favorite same yeah yeah. yeah seriously yeah no i, I think did you play any shows favorite. with that band no no <laughs> dude, dude and i don't think anybody ever played shows yeah. with their first band that's yeah true <laughs> yeah, like 14 years old but i used to idolize the the kids in high school that did have like actual bands that played the talent show and all that shit and, and i was mad jealous and i'd make fun of them because at, at the time i think emo music was on the rise and i'd be like oh yeah they just wear their sister's pants and <laughs> cry like little girls into the microphone <laughs> me <laughs> same so <laughs> um but yeah that's that's kind of where it started and here we are now dude so i got i got kind of a an interesting question okay so what was your first song that you learned like rock song. Oh, smoke on the water, deep purple, Seven Nation Army, the White Stripes. That was one of the first ones for me too. Um, mine was um the Beautiful People. Okay, okay, me sure. too. Yeah, really? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yes, <laughs> air pound it. <laughs> so like this is this is beneficial for you guys as as listeners, but it's also beneficial for us because we're probably about to find out a lot of like common shit that we had no idea we had in common. Because yeah, I think, okay, I don't think we've ever had this discussion what was as a band. A milestone song that you learned, a song that you were just like, I gotta know this song. It's probably above my skill level in, but you learned it. And even if it was just a lick of it, you didn't learn the whole song, but you yeah. just learned like the core of the song. What was it? Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. Okay. True. The intro to Eruption. Nice. Okay. True. Uh, for me, it was the intro to Shinedown's 45, which I still play often to this day, just yeah, because I've been playing it for <laughs> so long. And it's just like, I can, that's like one of the only riffs that I can just play. I feel like the, the riff closed. you learn in that in those regards is like your go-to riff after that yeah like the first that's, the first riff that you like really struggled to get down for sure 
Yeah, I, I do agree. use a lot of hammer on pull-offs like, yeah. in my playing. Mine yeah. was Crazy Train. That was one okay. of my that first was, as well. Yeah, that was my, like, hey, I'm a guitar player now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> true. That, that wasn't... I learned that later on, but I, I learned that from playing the the other Marilyn Manson song, fucking... Sweet Dreams? Yeah. yeah. Same dude. Just faster. Same, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, it's like nearly the same riff for sure. It is the same riff. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, yeah it true. is. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's not nearly, it is. <laughs> kind of something like that. Um, so what was your first show? Um, first show show, like, like, doesn't have to be like, doesn't have to be like at at the best local venue, but the first time you performed in front of an audience. Um, so how you're making fun of people at the talent show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My first, first show, I guess, like, um, performing was in second grade and I performed, uh, I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys and there's a video out Dude, there. Dude, no, you floating. have to show so, us that video. I'll yeah. have to find it Ooh, sometime. Okay, okay. With your instrument. Yeah. You did that on, on guitar? On guitar. Wow. Second uh, grade. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Dude. One respect um, for that. Plus it was, one. It was me and this. Respect. Th- me and this other girl, we did a duet. Um, her name was Cassidy Borink. Uh, sorry if you're in witness protection or something. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, we, we decided that we were going to do it and learned it. And that was, that was in second grade. And then, um, not again until eighth grade. Um, when I did a talent show again with migraine. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. My first show was, a. Uh, was at uh the flux capacitor nice opening for a band called wolfskin <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice it was cool though there was a lot of fucking people there well that was a fun what, show what band was that demortifier <laughs> no no enlighten Wolf- the masses oh, Wolfskin. i forgot you i think were, i've played with them yeah i think you have actually yeah um at uh what is that place called the social yeah yeah that was that was mm-hmm. yeah okay cool yeah first show i opened for them that's what's up that was my last show with another band respect (laughs) uh so my first show was uh damn i don't even know how to explain it so uh i i had a drummer friend his name was danny and we heard about this outdoor thing that was going on i don't know if you guys have seen the really old picture on my facebook with me and my mom i was super young um but we took that picture and me and my buddy danny it was just it was just guitar and drums and we had one song and we covered like all the small things we went up there we thought it was so <laughs> cool so it was like awesome, a little though. outdoor stage with like some homeless people fucking hovering <laughs> around and, um and we played that was like first show i guess mm-hmm. but uh, it was a shit show. Like I had broken strings on my guitar and dude, uh, is it, he hit so hard as a, you know, cause we were kids and right. you don't really have that control. So he had like holes in his freaking toms oh. and it was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and in hindsight, like if I'd seen those kids 
like if I were one of the people putting on the show and I'd see those kids pull up and they were just like, Hey, we're going to play a show here. Um, it, it would have definitely been like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right. Um, <laughs> dude, that's so punk though. We also <laughs> did like a, uh, it's called wham and it stands for what art means, uh, battle of the bands thing mm-hmm. where, um, we had Danny's brother come and play bass and then we played it like this really, really like, and I'm, these are like Juilliard school kids, like really gifted kids. And then you get these like <laughs> fucking these punk kids that just go and we enter into this thing and like, no, dude, we, it was just so disrespectful of us to even think that we were going to do that. Cause he had like this. Did you win though? Fuck no. This girl who's like 14 at the time. It was just like this prodigy jazz singer that was just like blowing everyone away. And then there was, fucking us just screaming into a fucking microphone like uh dude guitar uh drummer and a bassist like just a little three piece and we were just like fucking tearing it up thinking we were the best shit in the world (laughs) but yeah so uh what art means i apologize this was a long time ago and if you're still if you still exist thank you for what you do fact what you got mitch (laughs) y'all did this to me on purpose um yeah, you're on the spot. Fucking hot seat. <laughs> I really only have one experience actually um playing with a band and it wasn't even the band. It was my buddy Marcus who Roman knows very well. Um I'm sure we'll get to that at some point, but my buddy Marcus on drums, my buddy Mike, I forget his last name. I haven't talked to him since high school. Um playing like lead guitar and singing. Um and then one of my other friends, Chris, um, kind of playing guitar in the back, like rhythm rhythm guitar. I mean it was it was a talent show. Um and we played Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Um and I had I had like an issue with my guitar where my amp basically just stopped working. Um so that was really embarrassing, like halfway through the song. Um and yeah, it was uh it was it was a it was an absolute shit show, um, and, I, and I actually, unfortunately, <laughs> embarrassing as it is to say, um, I, I've never I've never played with uh, a band on stage like a real band on stage. So our first show that we do together, we get to pop his little show <laughs> cherry. Right. Yeah. Will be my first like real. show. He's gonna freeze up like a deer in headlights. Absolutely, everyone not. does. I, I literally. <laughs> They're gonna be. There's oh, no way. Oh shit. Dude, there's absolutely you know, no way. I, I've been on stage dude, many times. Like I've acted for your confidence a shit is just going to shoot through the roof while you're on stage. Then you no. get off stage and it's gone. I know the yeah. feeling well, dude. No, after okay. So right before and then seeing people pack into it into like anywhere in any type of show and seeing people pack into it, like you get. I, I get crazy bad anxiety. Like I have uh-huh. to go somewhere else backstage behind the stage, whatever. So I can't see the people. Right. And then as soon as I play that first note, dude, all anxiety Everything just goes away. Yes, dude. It's so, and then like you're in heaven the whole yeah. time you're on stage. And then after that, you're just, um, I, when I get off stage, dude, I feel like a goddamn rock star. Like, like everybody wants to meet you. Everybody wants to shake your hand. Some Mm -hmm. people want your autograph, that kind of stuff. Everybody wants pictures, that kind of stuff. Like I feel like a rock star. I don't know how it's a good feeling. Yeah. And then the next day you're like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, I'm not playing a show today. You know, like (laughs) what is that called? Post show depression. Dude, it is. It's a real thing. It's called, um, it's called feeding the cat. I, for sure. I used to have that. Like when I was, when I was 
acting at the Iron Spring Chateau, um, I would for sure get like post-show depression because I was in a show that ran for six months and we would have a show three times a week. And sometimes we'd have like a really good show. And the very next day I was like, all right, I'm so, like so ready to go get back on stage. And then I realized like, oh, it's Sunday. We don't have a show. <laughs> and that always, that always sucked. It's real, dude. It It is. It's unfortunate. Facts. Real shit. But. Hey, Rome. Hey, what? Um, When you came back from <laughs> tour, did you have post-tour depression? I had mad post-tour depression. <laughs> and, like, okay. when that's you, hardcore, dude. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think, yeah, the longest I ever did, it was 16, 16 shows over 20 days. So it was, it was pretty packed. And the first time, so like when you're, when you're touring and stuff, it's really cool. Cause even if you don't have a show, like you're, you're probably driving and, um, there's stuff to do, but then you get home and then you're like, oh shit, work fired me. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so getting fired on top of not getting to play shows is just like, wow, dude, life is, life is lame. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's real. And I think there's the actual term for it is feeding the cat. Huh. I um, wonder why, why. Yeah. Be, because like you just get off this, this series of highs where you're doing like great things and you're living your dream and then you get home and you're just feeding the cat again. Snap oh. back into reality. Yeah. So that's why it's that called feeding sense. the cat. Gotcha. Um, and it's awful, but you know, it'd be like, that. it'd be a little less awful if, you know, jobs didn't just fire you for trying to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. True. It do be like that. Yep. Yep. So tell me, <laughs> t- here's what I want to know. What, what, uh, what was the brand of each of your first guitars? <laughs> um, my first guitar was a first act word. That Dope. was the second grade guitar. Okay. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was an Ibanez, but it was like the lowest end Ibanez. Like the GTOs. Like a little Geo. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was like the, like a Stratocaster kind of clone. Mm-hmm. That was just, it, dude, I broke the bridge on that and then never used it again. And I got a Warlock later on because I thought those looked so cool. Dude, actually kind of a little bit off topic, but BC rich is making a comeback now. No, dead serious. Like you can't find like a new BC rich. That's not like 1500 or more. That doesn't mean they're making a comeback. Dude, right. they're, they're, <laughs> that means their price is shot up. No, right. dude, like, like I, I looked at some today and they're pretty quality. Actually. Really? I mean, I'm not about to drop everything and start playing BC rich, but yeah, no, like I've had two BC ever. riches. Yeah. <laughs> Both warlocks. Yeah. You I wanted one yeah. so bad. They, I, I don't like think they're making the Warlock school. anymore. Do you guys know why suck. BC Riches used to be so cheap? Why? Because they came from China. China. <laughs> they're made in Taiwan. China. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure China tries to claim Taiwan. <laughs> this is true. They do. Free Hong Kong. Free Hong um, Kong. So my first, so my first base was an Aria base. And it was a pawn shop base and it had a freaking naked lady. Well, half naked lady decal on the back of it. Nice. And it was like a massive freaking base. And you, you would think that it was just like, so it was called an Aria pro two. And that was a cool base. Um, and then I found out later that Cliff Burton of Metallica, uh, played Aria bases. So I was pretty mm-hmm. proud of that. Heck and I yeah. regrettably sold that 
uh, early on, but it probably wasn't worth anything anyways. It's just an interesting brand that could have been. And then my first guitar was a Silvertone. Okay. Um, just like a little uh, starter pack mm-hmm. quality guitar made of like plywood and <laughs> low quality shit. But I mean, hey, it worked. There you go. Yeah. My first bass was a an, an Ibanez Geo. Nice. <laughs> it was nice. It was cherry red. Put the black strings on it too. Nice. Yeah. They sound like absolute they dog do. shit, but <laughs> they, they look, look kind of cool. cool. It's like the yeah. rainbow strings. You think that they're gonna sound? No, they sound like shit. They sound okay for like a day. Yeah, and right. then they're just dead. <laughs> no tension whatsoever. <laughs> and then my first, uh, my first guitar, I think, was also just an Ibanez acoustic, just like a cheap little Ibanez. Yeah. True. So my first, my first one, the one that I told you guys about earlier, uh, the one that I found in my closet that belonged to my older sister. I don't think she ever even touched it or opened the case or looked at it or anything, which is why she left it. Um, but it was just like a little, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a toy guitar, but it was like a small guitar and it kind of, it had the nylon strings, like some of those Mexican, like Spanish guitars that you can get. So it was wow. kind of like that, but it was, it was called, a, <laughs> wow, I'm so insulted right now. <laughs> it, it was called a gremlin. Um, Hmm. And I've never seen that brand ever again. I'm sure it's out there, but I don't know. And then like my first, what I consider my first real guitar was after that, like after taking lessons for a few months, my mom bought me an electric guitar. Um, and it was, it was a stag. Um, a stag. Yeah. So I, I actually don't have that guitar anymore. I sold it to Tom, like my sophomore year or something like that. And he, and then he had it for a long time and he would play it in our bands, but I had already moved on to like, I had a Fender Stratocaster and, a couple of other guitars that, and I just didn't play that one anymore. And Tom wanted it. I mean, it was like a sunburst red. Like it was, it was basically like a, a, um, a Les Paul knockoff by Stag. A Le Paul. Yeah. Le Paul. Uh, but Le I actually Paul. know where that guitar is. So Tom kept it all the way up until he moved to Jersey after high school. And he traded with his friend Cass. So he has her bass and she has that Stag. Dude, I got a question. <laughs> So we're all musicians here. So that means we've all been broke at some point. What is I'm broke now, dude, what is the hardest thing you've ever had to part with that you've had to pawn G- musician, uh, like instrument like, wise, mm-hmm. dude, definitely my Schecter Hel- Hellraiser C1 special. That one hurt. Uh, and I pawned it for a bag of weed. So <laughs> nice. Sounds like that's like one of the uh, biggest regrets of my life to this day, bro. That's a lot for a little. <laughs> that was my first over one thousand dollar guitar. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah I've had to pawn like, a few of those. Um, I I don't think that I've ever. I mean. You see the wall. I, I don't yeah. part with much when it yeah. comes to <laughs> instruments. So I don't anymore. I've either, seen you yeah. part with like cabs, but yeah, I think the the coolest thing I did was when Jeremy at the Black Sheep left. I gave him my um my Schecter C1 Hellraiser, which was one of my first. It was my first Schecter when I fell in love with the brand, and it was one of my favorite guitars, but Jeremy had such an impact on me as a musician that he had to, like, I had to give it to him when I found out he was leaving. 
True. Um, That's a solid reason to get rid of a guitar. Yeah. We all miss Just Jeremy like, around these parts. Yeah. Rip. Love you, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> Hope you are. Um, I think the, there was at one point where I was so broke that I sold everything like, and had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think the most valuable one that I, that I had to part with, um, was my LTD deluxe. I, I liked that thing. It was black and gold and it was sexy as shit, but yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think I've ever really had to sell anything yeah. musically, but I have sold it for other music gear. Traded? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel that. Yeah, like I'd sell like two guitars to get one better guitar. Yes. Fair. You know? yeah. yeah. True. I, I mean, I've I've done that too, but you know, a fair like, amount like of you, decent you get, guitars. You get bored of one guitar and then you're like, ah, I want a new one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing for me is like, I've realized now that regardless of how bored you are with that guitar, like it's so worth it to just keep all of your guitars around, even if they collect dust, because one day you're going to pick it back up and be like, first of all, you're going to be flooded with the memories of when you were obsessed with that guitar and playing the shit out of it. And second of all, it's just cool to have like a bunch of guitars, dude. Like, I don't know. I have like eight or something. I don't even know how many I have. I have a good amount, but like, after I after I made the stupid decision to pawn that C1 Hellraiser, I doubt that I'll let a guitar go again. Fair. <clears throat> Very fair. Yep. Yo, what's the what's the band that inspired you? Ooh. Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah. <sighs> That's tough. Um <clears throat> a lot of them the first the first one that really inspired me to truly start like playing and look for another person to play with and, and see what that was like and actually get my head on straight and play the song correctly and you know do like that whole thing was was green day for me fair right. that's fair fake punk but okay still love green day to this day i do, I do too green day it was good. the misfits for me Oh hell yeah! Solid, mm-hmm. solid selection. Um, like I said, dude, uh, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park brought me into rock. And they, yeah, they introduced me to rock for sure. Like I remember listening to In the End for the first time when it was like hitting the radio, and dude, it was crawling, crawling. I saw the music video for it and everything, and it was my my same buddy. Chris Forsyth, he introduced me to them and he, he was just like, dude, check these guys out. And it was like, I think it was MTV, MTV's like headbangers ball or something. And, uh, yeah, Lincoln park was on it. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like at the same time I was a little creeped out because I've never heard anything like that before, but, right. the, but I was like, so like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's the devil's music and I'm in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a, a kind of a deal. So yeah. You thought Linkin Park was the devil's music? I came from a very, <laughs> very, very sheltered home. A very Christian sheltered Real home. Shit. Pokemon was the devil, <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to play it. So, I they mean, were demons. I, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, it was It was so cool. And ever since then, it's just like I, I wanted heavier and heavier and heavier. And then it got to a point where I'm like, nah, dude, that's just stupid. like and now now i'm like at a point where it's just like dude i just love music like and that that's just it doesn't matter what kind like i'm in love with music probably been saying it for years but 
at this point, people ask me what kind of music I listen to, and I'm like, all of it is usually my answer. The kind that makes you feel. Legitimately, the only music that I don't like seek out is like opera <laughs> and i but i still have a, Dude, like an appreciation for it yeah, it's yeah beautiful. It but i don't like i don't find myself like on spotify like i wonder what new opera just dropped today like that's the only one like sometimes <laughs> i'll be on spotify and i just put on like smooth jazz like <laughs> you know? fair i thought you were cool up until now <laughs> you listen to jazz over <laughs> opera yeah wow I, I don't, everybody's got their personal i'm judging you taste i'm yeah, judging you you got you got your personal and your personal is wrong you're <laughs> you yours is no you i don't know put you. one before another i i like everything there's something about every style of music that i can appreciate but I, yes i do have about preferences but guilty like, pleasure music oh my what's god what's your guilty pleasure music what do you listen to that you would never admit i'll admit now? i listen to anything yeah i'll admit oh you guys are fucking lame <laughs> anything if you want something that should be considered a guilty pleasure I am a massive Lady Gaga fan. Dude, fucking facts. She's awesome. I love her so much. Dude, Lady Gaga is the shit. Like, she's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think probably Katy Perry. Why'd you say it so quietly? Are you, Are you nervous? Now? It's a guilty He's pleasure. <laughs> he starts like, sweating. It's, yeah. it's like, not that I listen to her. It's like how much I listen She's to so her. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> it's like I really, really like Katy Perry's voice. That's same. I feel and that, I like yeah. Katy Perry. Period. I like the KP. She's she's. What, what we would said, call back in the day morning material. Okay. <laughs> she's a she's a beautiful woman. Sure is. Yep. Dude, okay. What uh what <laughs> what band is your dream band to play with? Time out, time out, time out, time out. Cody, you oh. didn't answer. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. I, was yeah, I don't I don't have a guilty pleasure. It's Avril Lavigne, isn't it? I oh, fucking dude, love Avril Lavigne. I love just Avril. Do what I did. <laughs> I'm in love with Avril. Just do what I did and say somebody might consider this a guilty pleasure. I don't, but Lady Gaga. Um country music fuck yeah i wow. fucking love country music too, bro but that's not even like a secret <laughs> yeah. everybody knows no, I love country. but that's that's like i mean you know the gatekeepers of of rock and metal are like dude screw that like because <laughs> yeah. no like I told, what ruins the fucking dude, music industry I hate gatekeepers dude they're just they're just like yo this band's cool this band's not dude, and if you yeah, like listen to true fucking every time slam. in the freaking rock genre every time there's a band that's even moderately successful everyone in the rock genre is just like they're fucking lame yeah they're mainstream they yeah. sold out that's yeah. like that's why I get bad wolves bad wolves was like the first rock band in 2018 to to have a platinum record and it was like freaking july and then all of a sudden, everyone hated Bad Wolves. Dude. It's like, be happy for their fucking success. I, I go, shut the fuck up. That's why you're still a local band, bitch. Fact. Oof. I could call out a few bands, but the I won't. Same, same, dude. <laughs> I could call Ooh. out people, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I, get, I get heated when people talk shit about like Five Finger Death Punch. and Love me some Five Finger fucking Death Punch. Me too. I absolutely love Five Finger Death Punch. I love them. I have, I've told you guys okay, multiple so times not ever. all Dude, not all five finger death punch songs are bangers, but all bangers are five finger death punch songs. Okay. Well, <laughs> I agree with that. I definitely, <laughs> no. I didn't, I didn't care for the bleeding, but I loved it. 
Um, after that, I really, I really got into them. Um, dude, you were like, a, a war is the answer kind of guy. They're, they're, yeah. they're good songs. Are fucking good. They're Agreed. amazing. Like yeah. undisputably that's what I, good. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like yeah. when their song is fucking good, it is like good. It's good, but I, I like I don't listen to any of their other songs except for like the radio, the radio played songs. Yeah, yeah. Bro, but all of those ones are fucking killer. You gotta Agreed. listen, like especially the first two albums. You you should just check those albums out like in their entirety. Honestly, Dude, you want a a rock band that just consistently puts out good material? Can you can you take a guess? Yes. Avenged Sevenfold. I can listen to any one of their albums like start to finish to back, and yeah. not want to skip a song. That's the fact. one band Same. I've never gotten tired of. Right. That is a fact. Like I could still Same. listen to the like unpopular opinion, dude. The stage was their best album. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue against that, but yeah, I, res- that I respect your opinion. opinion. I have a hard time <laughs> even picking a favorite album from them just because I love them all so much. The, I love every stage album technical it was. From Avenged Sevenfold is so different that you can't compare it to each other. Yeah, you can't compare it to the last. Yeah. Well, not, I guess not comparing, like, because they're all good in their own respect, but just from where where I stand on it, the stage is my favorite. I can't Hell wait yeah. to see what they're about to do. It's going to be, you know, amazing. they got one coming and it's going to be insane, dude. Yeah. They said that they aren't done until like their whole, their whole tours are just stadiums. And that was just like last year. Like, and so that means not like tiny little arenas. Like they want cores field tiny yeah. arenas, S- only like 20,000 people. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like they, yeah. they want, they want to be like Metallica big and they're not going to stop until they are. I think, I think, they, I think they, if, I, the last if time I saw any band can do was it was with Metallica. Yeah. 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 If any band can do it from our generation, it is Metallica. I think Metallica and five finger death punch are vital to keeping rock and roll alive in today's world. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never really got into Metallica and I know I'm, I love that's like blasphemy in the rock and metal community. But, um, to me, their, their music just always like, and this is just to me, but it always just kind of sounded dated. And so I never, I'm always searching for the newer stuff to come out. And dude, if you listen to the black album, which was released in 91, Mm-hmm. To, to listen to the Black Album in 1991, when you had bands like Pantera and Guns N' Roses and Megadeth doing the things like they were doing, and then you hear the Black Album, fucking revolutionary. That is, to this day, that album still sells 5,000 copies a week. Damn. That, that, was a, that, that was like their turning point album. Right. And, and I will always... See, I can't do anything... I love Metallica, but I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like the thrash, um, like ride the lightning. I think those are good songs in their own respect. But when you look at like total compositions for me, it's like the black album is probably one of the goats. It it was a great album. I'm probably going to get skewered alive by all of you and everyone watching, (laughs) which is two people. (laughs) Um, but, uh, my favorite Metallica album, (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna pause you there if you say reload no it's not okay reload, <laughs> it's, you probably will think it's even worse it's death magnetic i love that album. that's actually a good album i love that album not my favorite <laughs> i don't know don't I know love that album no, i didn't <laughs> listen either. to it <laughs> well then 
<laughs> I lied on that is one that, when it came is that the out. New I just one? jammed it. No, I don't it know. came out like oh eight, oh nine. I don't I don't listen to Metallica on a regular Love basis. It. Yeah. It Unless was, it's it was like mandatory Metallica and I'm forced to listen to it. You know who else Take- slaps? Nickelback. I wrong. No, I love them. I love I, Nickelback. I'm with Corey I, Taylor when it comes to Nickelback. <laughs> what did he say about Nickelback? Uh, oh, dude, shit him face. and Chad Kroger have been at, at each other's throats like for a couple years now. Yeah. Just like talking smack well, on Chad radio Kroger stations. Chad Kroger must have a big fucking mouth because Corey Taylor's got a giant neck. Yeah, no, dude, does. like he was like <laughs> saying like I have more platinum than you do and blah blah blah. And Corey Taylor's like, well, come back to me when you write a good fucking song. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, songs that's objectivity, and album sales will dictate. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking just based on their achievements, sorry, Nickelback's a better band. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, dude, I'm just going based off of what the people think. What, what the sales. Yeah, but you're going with the popular vote. I, I mean, I'm... I'm <laughs> Gotta edit that out. No. <laughs> I, I'm just going, like, if, if I had to choose, I would rather be a guitar player in Nickelback than a guitar player in Slipknot because I'm going to get True. paid. No. True. Uh, you don't think Slipknot gets paid? I'm sure they do get paid, but like dollar for dollar... Dollar like, for dollar, I bet Slipknot makes more. Effort per dollar? Dude, I, in Nickelback, I got to play fucking four chords. Oh, that's fair. And I get to have fun. Whereas Slipknot, you got to be fucking angry with a goddamn mask on. Speaking of which, I'm done with these masks. <laughs> but so I wouldn't want to subject myself to any, any more mask wearing. <laughs> if, if I were offered that position, I'd 100 predict. 100% take Slipknot any day. So I think I would if too. Nickelback Same, was dude, like, I'd be rocking the fuck we, out. So yeah. Slipknot be like, I pay you 10 grand a show. And Nickelback's like, we can pay you 100 grand a show. Jesus. Oh, fuck. I play two shows with Nickelback and then the rest nope. of the tour I'm nope. with. You, you can't, you can't, it's gotta that's be one a, or the that's other. That's a huge, huge difference. I, it is a huge difference, but, but. I, Metallic, or not, but fuck. Slipknot and Nickelback probably play the same stadiums. The same arena. I don't know, man. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I would say, but Slipknot can, has the uh, availability to play more festivals just because there's more that caters Not to them. Fest. Slipknot yeah. When, when was Nickelback Redding. Fest a thing? Yeah, <laughs> have you been to Canada? <laughs> Slipknot I, has also played Reading, and I'm not sure that Nickelback has. And Reading is like one of the biggest festivals that happens in the world. Slipknot has also played like Rock and Ring, Oz, Ozfest, yeah, Ozfest, like, dude. For the younger listeners, Ozzy used to be this thing where Ozzy would do a tour like across the world. It was like Warp Tour, if you can remember what Warp Tour was. But it was like with Ozzy and it was Ozfest. Ozfest is still a thing. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was just like one one. No, it's a it's a year thing. Well, oh yeah, it is one location. location. It used to be a tour tour, though. Yeah. Dude, if you ask my opinion, that's that's what needs to happen to Warp Tour in order for them to stay alive. They can't do it. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, Warp Tour only exists in Atlantic City, New Jersey now. Dude, see that's like I I wrote a paper on this when I was in college about the death of the traveling festival. Mm -hmm. And that's because you become a commodity and people can see you every year. So like they might miss this year because it's not that great or whatever Mm -hmm. versus you can only see them this one one time and then you will have, and then lineup change next year. Yeah. And then it's like, all of those people that you would have captured on tour in one spot, one time. Right. Yeah. Like a day long thing. Yeah. Rather than a 
Or a two or three day long thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Rock oh, and oh, Range. Yeah, d- yes. Yeah. Yes. But, that would be sweet. Uh, right, right. Um, dude, there was a question I was going to ask, but yeah, I that's what I was going to. I was going to bring that back up. You asked, uh, what band would it would be like your dream to play with or something? Fuck. Ah, uh, dude. This is so easy. Yeah. I've already got I just, my answer I, locked in. I like a Me lot too. of bands, dude. I'm, we're going to say it at the same time. Yep. All right. Are we going to do the three of us? Yep. All right. One. Tato, you count down because I don't know if you're on the same wavelength. All right. Three. <laughs> it's going to be three, two, one, go. Based on our three, conversation. two, one. Events Event sevenfold. sevenfold. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Easy. Hands down. Yeah. I would, if I ever met Sinister Gates, I'd be happy to die. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dude, I think yep. like probably Breaking Benjamin. That would be another. That's, that, a, that's a good one. I, I, oh, a top five. I do enjoy we didn't Breaking even Benjamin. Talk about Breaking Benjamin. Those guys. You want to talk about iconic? Yeah. Those guys. I feel like they paved the way for what we know as rock today. Yes. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Then in like. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to know who else I would pick that I really haven't been listening to that long? Cody probably already knows who I'm going to say. Um is motionless and white i love, love i would absolutely yes. love to play with motionless oh dude yeah uh, that's uh, that's not like a unreachable goal either. no it's, it's not no i mean I, I think we make like a lot of our music is relatively similar to theirs as well eh. like, in I, some I, aspects i'm not saying yeah. we're necessarily like inspired in terms of what we've done so far but i think like like especially some of our unreleased stuff um agreed is pretty it's like i don't know it's inspired you can yeah. definitely hear that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know even know what the right verbiage to use, but I think like we would. I think we as a band would fit really well on tour with Motionless. Agreed, dude. Those guys, they're so talented, dude. God, yeah, they are. Like they the are. music yeah. that they write, like talking about like composition and stuff like that, dude. They're creative as shit. Chris Motion- Motionless is quickly becoming. I probably my favorite. If we're talking list. about modern rock bands, I still rank Ice Nine Kills above Motionless. Dude, I agree I would, on that. Oh my god, Spencer it, Charnas is Spencer top Charizard. That man is a like he's top great. tier vocalist, yeah. and he's he's a he's a doer too. He's somebody who has gone through lineup changes, and mm-hmm. he still he still gets it done pushing you know and i think that's something that a lot of i think we see a a lot of in local scenes is there's there's not a willingness to persevere there's just like this this idea that if even if you you could be the most talented person in the world but it doesn't equate to success unless you know how to apply it right i mean motionless and you gotta you gotta grind and that's uh spencer is uh, a key example of somebody who did it pretty much on his own uh, yeah. just with revolving members for what like 10 years yeah and he's finally starting to get a break like his band is finally starting to hit their stride mm-hmm. and you know it's great to see that because i think one of the most important traits you could have as a musician that's trying to make it in this world is you have to learn that no is going to be more common than yes yep and you have to learn to just move on. Like people are going to come and go and, uh, dude, you, I don't you just got to deal with it. I don't know how many times I've been told no, or do you know what the odds are? Or, you know, like, yeah, dude, that type of stuff. Like, dude, that's, if you're, 
if you're an aspiring musician, this is for you, dude, don't give up. Don't give in to what they're saying. Keep if you going. know, and you have that drive in you that you're, you're going to be the next whatever, yep. just do it. Just keep going. Yeah. Like not to quote Nike or anything, but yeah, just, just keep doing what you do best. Get better at it yep. and take no and let it motivate you. That's it. Agreed. Just keep going. Period. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what I I don't know. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Um tell me about What what do you guys consider to be success? That is literally exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> what I shit you What not. would you consider to be success? I can survive. I can, I could support myself and my family off music. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Like just doing what I love and be able to make myself just, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. To live comfortably. I don't have to yeah. be like rich. Like but I, if I was, I would. I, I have the passion <laughs> to be a rock star, but as long as I can, you know, um, pay my bills with my music, then in my mind, I am that. Yeah. True. But, but always strive to get bigger and better. Yeah, yeah. I think this would be a good a good uh, spot to remind uh, people out there who... I think anything in the entertainment business is... I don't think it's as easy as somebody who might be in the business uh, being able to help you. Yeah, or yep. There, you know, there's a lot of... Being discovered. Yeah, in... in I think in any entertainment industry, you're going to have snakes out there that are going to make you promises and you, you just can't rely on it unless it's somebody that's reputable and, uh, and you're going to have people promising you shit in return for, you know, just (laughs) if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Yes. Yeah. And don't, don't wait for a big break to come and get you. Don't wait for it's never going to happen. Yeah. You, you have to get that. And we live in an, in an age where the record labels aren't seeking you out. They're you're fishing seeking them out and they're, they're yeah. looking at your socials. They're looking at everything that you're doing because they don't want an investment. They don't want a project. They want somebody who's relatively self-sustaining. That's going to be able to to sign on with them, and it's a partnership in which they can make money almost immediately. They don't want Agreed. to develop your ass, so you got to get out there and do it yourself. Develop your brand, own your craft, you like, do the work. Yeah, like kind of to touch on what Roman was saying. Like when I first started playing in bands and stuff, you're, you're always thinking like, "Yo, let's make sh- this show like the best show ever." Like you're playing to five pe- people, and you're like, "Well, let's pretend it's 300 because you never know who those five people are." Blah blah blah, dude. There's no one out there scouting. It's no. 2020. They're people, getting, people don't scout they're, anymore. They're getting, it's not to say like whether it's three or 300, you should always put 100 percent into your show. Absolutely, exactly. freaking lutely, you should. Um, I'm just saying, play for you. Don't like play be, play your fucking heart out because that's what you want to do that's your dream that's why you're there exactly like and if and if you're playing for people then you're kind of in the wrong business like you got to do it for you because you want to make that happen you want to do it um and you know but you got to make your song sellable that's the other <laughs> that's a caveat to right. that it's like you write those for the people not for you but you play for you that's true. So I want to know um, 
we've we've got we've got Cody and Tato's answer to how do you how do you define success in in, in terms of our line of business. What's your answer, Roman? I mean, it's it's the same thing. I just want want to be able to pay my bills playing music. Oddly enough, like for me, that's that's absolutely an element. Like that's, I wouldn't necessarily say the end goal, but like that's when I suppose I would I would think like you could say like I I made it a success. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's not to say that there's a point in which I'd be willing to stop. Yeah, much different. That's that's where I would just find where we were successful. Right. Though, so when we. If we hit that point where we're we're paying, when we hit that when. point, when where Rome. we're paying our bills, like it's it's just going to be a snowball because all of a sudden, now like, we go from doing this, you know, a few hours on a, a night, low budget, a couple times a day or a couple times a week, three times a week to, hey, this is our full time gig now, Heck and yeah. all of a sudden we're putting our forty hours into what we're doing now, which yeah. is just going to expand it so so greatly. I'm I'm pretty ready for that, but oddly enough, like I see, it's kind so of like much. it's it's like layers. Like the top layer is the 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 top, and and what I will say is the final layer where it just kind of expansively grows from there is being able to support myself. But where I'm at now is like the bottom layer is like the fundamentals. Like I've I've learned the relative fundamentals for both of the instruments that I have interest in playing, and I can build on that. So right now what I see success as is basically just the progression in my skill in playing drums. Like I feel success every time I practice because Mm -hmm. I work on something that's bothering me and I I don't stop practicing it until I feel like I've at least made some sort of improvement. Right. There's this, there's this like kind of this thing. I think it was me and Rome talking about it a couple years ago, but it's like, dude, you're always climbing like stairs. Right. And then you hit a plateau, you hit a peak right and then you've got to find that other set of stairs that's going to take you to the next fucking level right and just you just keep going up and you keep going up and attacking those stairs yeah it's it's about challenging yourself and instead of saying that's something i can't do and instead of saying that you say that is something i'm going to do yeah and you take baby steps yeah and whether it's just like chilling with a metronome or or expand trying to expand your range um it's just like, hey, even if it's just a half step in your range here, like that's still better than you were yesterday. Agreed. If you can make like quarter steps to that next that next level, then all of a sudden that becomes your floor. Yep. And uh-huh. your ceiling becomes that much higher. And it's the same thing with like with guitar. It was just like you sit down with a metronome and you you really just freaking mind numbingly play the same thing until you get it perfect. Yeah. And then once you get it perfect you do it faster until you get it perfect from there. And then you keep doing that until you're as fast as you want to be or as fast as you can be. And then you set yourself up for the new challenge. Yep. And that's just how you improve yourself. That's how you improve your, like your timing, your skill, your accuracy. These are all things that like, there's a lot of, a lot of great musicians out there, but they, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, yeah, you, you can, Maybe you think you can shred this, but when we put you in a studio, like, dude, you ain't shit Yeah, because you haven't worked on those fundamentals. And that's something that I think a lot of people overlook is it's just like, yeah, you can play really fast, but hey, we're going to put you under a microscope 
and turns out you're not as great as you thought you were your tax all over the place right your timings all over the place so it's just like getting those little fundamentals and they make all the difference especially when it comes to playing a live show because if you are constantly pushing yourself and challenging yourself then you're you're like way above the level at which you play then when you go to like playing basic stuff it, it's just it's second nature and you don't really have to worry about you know the fuck-ups mm-hmm. yeah right. So that was sorry for that rant. No, no, you're you're absolutely right, man. Because like, I mean, I remember, like, I I had played in other studios before, but then I went to um to Jared with Roman. Um, Jared will be on next week, by the way. He went to Jared, Um, but he he put me under a microscope. Like it was, it was kind of crazy because I here I was like, I mean, I'm not amazing guitarist, but I can hold my own. And I go in there and I I play and he's kind of like, what the, what the fuck was that? Are you really going to play for me right now? You know, that kind of a thing. And then it, it kind of put me in a reality check that, you know, I've got to get better. Right. And that's, that was a huge driving force for me is just like, um, <clears throat> not, not necessarily recognition, but just just getting better even if i feel good about it getting better to be better right right tato over here like build back better (laughs) (laughs) better 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 no but like yeah when you get into the studio they look at like every little aspect of it and it's like if you're alternate picking if you're if your downstroke isn't as strong as your upstroke then you know hey that's that's gonna show like it's gonna sound really cool especially as a guitarist if you're playing with distortion you're you know you're compressing the hell out of your signal and you're at home and you're like oh yeah i'm fucking killing it and then you go into the studio and you're looking at a di track (laughs) and you have like this great big fucking honking wave because your downstroke is so awesome and then you get like this teeny little fucking like little pip squeak of a of a wave like and it's just like it's like little big, little big, little big, little big, <laughs> and, little big. <laughs> and you just you listen to playback. That's exactly right, dude. And yeah, so like if if you have the means, like just challenge yourself. And but I think all of this applies universally just to life. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the last episode where where you know we're talking about constantly challenging yourself and i think the same thing applies to whether it's music whether it's you know you should want to be the best at whatever it is you're doing period yeah 100 percent. and if you disagree with me i'll punch you in the fucking mouth right in the mouth <laughs> right in the throat <laughs> yeah so that bottom line uh ultimately if you're not passionate about it same thing goes for music if, if you're not passionate about it then you're gonna suck that's yep. all there is to it. Sorry. Period. It's fast. Sorry, so, not sorry. Like you gotta, facts. you gotta, you gotta be in love with it. Like it's, it's gotta be like, especially for music, it's gotta be all you want to do. Like, like you're not going to accept anything else. Yeah. You want it for the rest of your life. I, that's, that's what I want. And I, I still haven't made it yet. You man, know, like same. I've been but, at it for years. <laughs> same man, but it's going to happen. You've barely been alive for years. <laughs> I've been alive for at least three <laughs> and a half. 
three and a half. But <laughs> he's born on leap year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Imagine. And then the other thing, most importantly, whatever it is you're doing, you gotta like the people that you're doing it with. Agreed. Facts. Well, yes. then I'm fucked because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Man. I love you, boys. Say it back. Say it back right now. Love you. Love you, too. Roman. What? Say it back. <laughs> it's back. No, say it. I love you, too, bitch. I love your back. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. That's homo. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we're going to have to cut that part. <laughs> Says who? Well, guys, this has been a good podcast. Um, thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Hey, on and Chat. we will, Black Friday, be having a new song out, so make sure you're oh, checking yeah. out. Oh, yeah, be listening uh, for Black it. Friday next um, week. It's called Friday. Santa Don't Tell Me. Wow, thanks for hijacking my fucking monologue. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Go, go for it. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No. You already fucking took it. No. Go ahead. No. Okay, one of you motherfuckers, no, go turn. ahead. No, I don't it's want to It's called Santa Don't Tell Me. Thank you. Go ahead. Do you want to tell them where we can find it, Tato? Everywhere. Anywhere Spotify, you Spotify, Apple Music, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube. Twitter, Instagram, Google Twitter. Play. Yeah, you name it. You search from Underground Kings there. You will find it and you will listen to it or I will find you. <laughs> we love Period. you guys. Thank Stay you. Stay safe out there. Bro, Live that's kind of homo, though. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys fucking stop that? <laughs> God damn. We mean it in an endearing way. It's yes. It's only offensive if it's true. It's what I say. <laughs> I like, I like All right. boys. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Signing off for tonight. This is from Underground Kings. We will see you next episode. Love you. Peace. Later. Later. Somebody press the button. Press the button. <laughs> You, you gotta manually stop it. It's not, it's not, it's not. So Santa, please don't tell me that it's still 2020. I just want one thing this year to get.